Welcome everyone to Wrestle Roasts. I'm your host Robert Carpolis, and I am joined by Dan Saint Germain. Uh, first, obviously, you guys clicked, you tuned in, you didn't hear the uh, the normal intro music. That is because our intrepid producer Zach is in Italy right now, celebrating celebrating his birthday. And none of us are technically smart enough to figure out how to do any of that stuff. So. We can record, we can upload, and when Zach is back, he'll make it all sound really pretty. But the guy who always sounds really pretty, Dan St. Germain. Dan, how are you? Uh, look, I just want to say, I know there's been some chatter in the Facebook group of whether or not I phoned it in last week or the week before that. Well, whenever I'm here, I'm here 100%. I just want you guys to know, and that's part of the reason of why I can't do this weekly anymore, because I want to be 100% for all these wrestling shows. And when I don't have that, when, I, when I'm not 100%, I'm doing you guys a disservice. So Robert will be taking over hosting duties. He'll be taking over our Patreon schedule. I, my friend, am the next Mike Lawrence, and I appreciate and love all of you. Um, it's, uh, you know, we have the greatest wrestling fans in the world, so. Yes, and if you believe that Dan is only going to go to once a month, uh, then... Uh, you also believe other things that are not true. I can't even think of something else that's as untrue. Is that like, Dan, you know what? just called jazz because he just fucking quit his job. Uh, dude, no, that oh, that's not get, public information. Um, no, I, I'm still here. I love Don't all that I do. Right now, do we have to no, it's fine. I don't even know how to edit it out. So it's it's in there. No, I'm 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 transitioning professionally. It's Nothing. Just, yeah, it's like one division to another. It's not it's not as exciting. Like I'm jumping ship from AEW to WWE. Uh, I would never leave WWE. You I love them. Show up in the like you show show up to your new job with that like long sleeve Lex Luger button down that he wore on Nitro and just stare around ominously. That's, That's still the greatest thing Lex Luger's ever done. No, I'm getting the uh, the Scott Hall uh, all denim, like Canadian tuxedo look when he jumped over the thing in Nitro. Uh, that's that's my go to. Like my my life you goal. Come in the office and they're like, you're like, you don't know, you know, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. And they're like, yeah, you're like, you're the lawyer. You look like a lawyer. He's like, yeah, yeah, okay. Can can we talk about what that accent was? I don't know what that was about. Like he was like, <laughs> it was like foreign man. It was very it was strange. Fucking retarded Stallone. That's what it was. So Stallone. Yeah, uh, by the true. way, speaking now. Speaking of Sylvester Stallone, Sylvester Stallone's been in a number of movies, and one of his movies, Paradise Alley, uh, featured uh, an all-time great in professional wrestling, a man that we sadly lost this week, a a legendary icon. Mr. Terry Funk. Paradise uh, Alley over over the top. Interesting. Well, I, I went for the first credit they had, um, which is funny enough because this is the craziest thing about Terry Funk. On top of everything else, uh, his obituary was one of the top things on the New York Times today. Like, that's how you know this guy was important and transcended things, that he was important enough for the New York Times to cover, write a full obit on, and when they send out their daily newsletter summary of all their big stories, it was right there. And one of the first things they talked about was him being in Paradise Alley uh, and Roadhouse. So, uh, Roadhouse and- over the top. The man, man has had quite the film career. He had quite the film career, quite the wrestling career. I think Terry Funk is one of uh, the most complete wrestlers that there probably ever was. He was a guy who had just straight 
grappling matches. Uh, obviously, he had the hardcore matches. He could jump off the top rope. He could do wacky sports entertainment. He could do comedy spots. Uh, his promos were incredible. Uh, he is uh, one of those just – he's like – I said something around there. Like, he's the totally zeal of pro wrestling. Yeah, and he's also a utility. He's like one of those – you know, like there's like wrestlers that are utility players, but they're also huge stars. And I would put like him, Eddie – maybe Daniel Bryan in that category of like, it doesn't matter whatever you need them to do on the show, they're going to do it and they're going to bring a depth to it. You didn't expect. And I think that that's, that's who Terry Funk was, you know, like how do you make Phil flair? One of the greatest villains of all time. How do you make a villain for flair? Well, you bring in Terry Funk, you bring this crazy fuck who's going to do everything else. And then he's also the guy who comes back and who can save the company and be that ECW you know, legend for everybody, the guy who, you know, uh, you know, like uh, navigated this troubled little promotion through, you know, easier times. I mean, I remember when I was a kid in high school, we would get the I, I sent away for the Terry Funk Japanese death matches. I thought those were awesome. Um, I think he's like one of the best promos ever. You know, I I don't think there's enough good things you can say about the guy. You know, the one thing I could say is I, I don't I don't think I've seen enough. You know, and I think that's just because he was he was a territory dude. Um, but you really don't hear much bad about him, man. I mean, in 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 wrestling circles, you know, I mean, I think that he's probably the most loved fucking. I would say he's probably the most loved dead wrestler, at least today. Of course, today. But like <laughs> in, in general, I think that he's been a guy who, you know, when everybody talks about their top 10, your fit. OK, Terry Funk is your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler. That's what Terry Funk is, man. He is like, you know, the guy, you know, he's like Norm Macdonald for comedians. You know, he's like the guy everybody loves who's uh, who's, you know, who's in it. He is. He's he's a guy who you can go back and watch him wrestling Hulk Hogan. He's a guy who competed at WrestleManias. uh, And then at the same time, you think of him as being an NWA guy or think of him as being a territory guy or you saw his all Japan stuff or you saw his ECW run. Um, or, you know, even the bad stuff he did in WCW was still somehow kind of entertaining, like towards the end when they had him in a bunch of hardcore stuff. Uh, he was a guy that everybody genuinely just adored. Uh, Dusty would always talk about him, how much he loved him. Bowley loved him. He was awesome. And yeah, he's someone who there really aren't any bad stories about and it uh it shows personally work with him robert i never got to work with 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 terry uh which is unfortunate we were trying to bring him in one of the things i did at 20 in 24 7 was we found his empty arena match that he did with with lawler and we cleaned it up because we had it had never been aired i wasn't i wasn't watching him it was a blast he's so because it's so gory and over the top and ridiculous but he's so funny in it when he's yeah. screaming about his eye being mauled and he keeps yelling, you know, talking about how Lawler's a coward and yellow and all that. And it was a blast. We, we cleaned it up. We had Tommy Dreamer host this like hardcore university. It was like showing hardcore matches as if they were like teaching lessons. And Tommy and, Dreamer can send you a fucking, I guess, a Hanukkah card every year. Uh, he does. He sends me a he sends me a Hanukkah card. I have to it's uh I have to send him a self addressed stamped envelope, but he then sends yeah, it to me. It's actually very... the opposite of the wire from Best Western. <laughs> from West <laughs> Union. It's the opposite of that. Just hey, Merry Christmas, Rob. Can you I already got a big promotion? Yes, I, that's <laughs> how I know it's him. Brother? 
I, I, I still I get a uh, a 10 10 2 20 call from I'm him. Still, I'm only part time on Busted Open still. Come on, man. I say that as I'm quitting my fucking wrestling podcast. But... You're not quitting. You're 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 sticking. Would you stop with the the quitting? You're 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 moving to. You're the Brock Lesnar of this podcast. Yeah. Oh, uh, good. I should say it out of the way. By the way, I'm in I'm in Virginia all weekend doing stand up comedy. I should do this up top. This is when my career sucks, Robert. I'm in Winchester, Virginia on Saturday doing the 7 to 9, 30 p.m. show. And I'm in Frederick, Maryland Sunday. You know, guys, in a lot of ways, my life has been falling apart. But in some good things, too. But, like, I'm just a guy who falls apart. But for whatever reason, my shows have been really good. So, uh, you know, come check those out. Um, and, uh, yeah, I have another horror podcast, The Ed Couple, which a lot of you guys have got over, and I really appreciate it. Except for the one guy who's a WrestleRoast fan who is the reason we don't have perfect five stars because I know he's wrote a nice review on ours and then fucking shit on like the rest. No, I don't want no NWO red and black with my podcast. All right, folks, you it couple and uh, Russell Rose people learn how to get along. Okay. That's it. Wow. I don't know who these people are. Like you lift up and support everything they're doing. If you listen to Conrad's podcasts, Give him your social security number and trust that in like three years, he's not going to go to jail for mortgage fraud. That's just what you do as a wrestling fan. And then um, the dark side of Conrad is going to be fucking hilarious. It's just if you're standing behind him is the dark side. It's just kind of a rain shadow. It's um, the only dark side that like starts out with like, just a good old boy. Never knew. <laughs> <laughs> it's just him, him and Dave Silva in a car like running. Going down, going down with like like one of those chicken coops in the back, and like the feathers are going everywhere, and the the IRS is after him, and like they're like, "Come on, we gotta go, we gotta go meet Ted DiBiase Jr. by the creek." <laughs> yeah, this was not the best time for him to launch a Ted DiBiase Senior podcast. That was no, uh, no it's not. not also, I, I full I don't picture it. I picture it as like Dave Silva's pulling him in a rickshaw. Like he's just like in the oh, back. Oh, it's like of the like, train, like on the train. Yeah. Yes, that that's what that's what I'm I'm picturing there. But uh, the the long and short of it is, go listen to Dan's other podcast. It's about horror uh, movies, but it's it's Dan and his wife. It's it's a pleasant time. You get to hear about a, a variety of different movies. And if I had the stomach to watch a horror movie, I would gladly come on one day and 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 talk yeah, about man, it for sure. Uh, that'll be uh, that'll be fun. Who's who's your who's your guest on that for this uh, this coming week? It's Ian Fidance, uh, and he's doing the miniseries. It it's actually the first episode we ever did. There's a lot of funny bits in there. Um, and uh, yeah, next week we are doing um, Rosemary's Baby with Anthony and Tamanek, which I think may be my favorite, if not one of my favorite episodes we've done so far. So that, that'd be out. awesome. I, so when I was in New York uh, to go see your show, I was I walked by the Dakota. And all I kept thinking of was, oh, uh, yeah, we definitely bring up the Dakota on it. Rosemary's Baby and and John Lennon. Uh, those are kind That's of a the, weird fucking coincidence, huh? It's a it's a creepy building. Like it it just I mean it looks kind of innocuous, but when you think everything it's associated with it, it's uh, it's really odd. Um, but that's not what we're so, talking. You know, those about. Upper West Side. Uh, those Upper West Side meetings, man. The, 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 a lot of them are, have this like, you know, this. Um, kind of occult history but um mostly there is no occult though it's just something that people drum up so they can get upset it was just something to sell new york posts when they weren't like much nick wasn't coming after vince it was i think the next thing has got to be um satanist pedophiles like they got to move those groups together like satan pedophiles 
I mean, I know that like they talk about, you know, like how they were in common pizza and stuff, but I think once they get to like Satan pedophiles, that's, uh, that's, that's the next like three months of the New York post for sure. Well, I mean, I did watch the Republican debate last night, so it's kind of the same thing. Um, I'm joking. I didn't trying to uh, smile is real rough. The Santos, the DeSantis smile is fantastic. Uh, he makes Tony Khan look comfortable on camera. It's crazy. It's you know what it is because it's just so not who the real whoever the real guy is. I have no idea who the real Ron DeSantis is, and like I have less of an idea after watching him. I think that that's like the reason that guy won't get anywhere. It's strange because I know people who have worked with him, obviously in Florida, and he does have to some degree a, some form of a charisma to him, some form of a commanding presence. But when he's on the the stage, it comes across very odd and manufactured. It's like some of the wrestlers that they always say, like in the back, Dean Malenko, super entertaining, very energetic guy on camera. He was he did not convey that. Uh, they used to say about yeah, Brad Armstrong. It's a weird thing, man. It's like, you know, it kind of reminds me of John Edwards, too. You know, you have guys who have the prototypical, almost like politician look. And I mean, John Edwards couldn't keep his dick in his pants, but like, um, you know, they both had that, like, oh, these guys should be the perfect, ideal, perfect candidate, you know, but it never works out that way. It's like, look at our last couple presidents. We had a fucking, we had a reality. We have a guy now who's just, you know, out to lunch, an old man. We have no idea where he fucking is. Let's be honest. I mean, what we have now, we we essentially just. I, I'm I'm just like waiting for him to like show us his pet mouse during every speech. Like Biden has that sort of vibe right now. Um, and then before that, we have like a fucking crass reality star, and then we have like like the most like eloquent speaker that we've ever had before that we've never seen. Who his middle name was Hussein, and then before that, you have a fucking stutterer from texas there's like no eight like the, the days of like there being like a prototypical american look for a politician which what they're really just saying is like kind of white and waspy that's fucking done yeah i i think that they, they it's like they need to go to central casting they they just need to there was a study that was done years ago that john cusack had run for president and not reveal any of his opinions one way or the other and he would beat any candidate just because people like john cusack you can yeah. do the same thing with I mean, that's why people always said The Rock was going to run for president just because he was so likable before Black Adam. But they said, like, he's so likable, he could just run. And based on his magnetism and charisma, people are going to vote for him. But yeah, I mean, I think that like that's that uh, that's turning out to be a myth. But I'm trying to think of any if anyone in Hollywood who I would I would genuinely I, I genuinely besides like Trump, you know, if you consider Trump still part of Hollywood. Who I think would actually stand a chance as far as um as far as becoming president. And I can't really think of anybody. Is there something you know, maybe what's her name? Fucking who's the chick who sings on uh, Monday Night Football? So it's a good sign you're calling her a chick that that's gonna be the next president. Uh, <laughs> who's that? Is that Carrie Underwood? Is that who does the Carrie Monday? Underwood? Yeah. Carrie Underwood could be president. If you had like some like southern charming like lady who was like kind of left i think that that they would win um who who would be in the movie business adam sandler maybe but then he would be like no he would get ripped up by the republican primaries he's like he would he would come in and he would be like way too fucking liberal for the republican primary yeah but then he can be like i'm friends with rob schneider 
Doesn't that kind of balance things out? Like he he has shown that he can reach across the aisle and and work with people. Rob Schneider for sure could not win the presidency. No, no, Rob, Rob Schneider. Uh, what a weird sentence to say on any podcast, wrestling or not. That you know, right, you know, way to go out on a limb. Who else do you think? I mean, it's not not The Rock, not Chris Pratt. He's like almost too done. Uh, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. No, oh, probably not. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Clooney for a while was the guy that they kind of kept holding up and saying like, he's that made too guy. much money, man. He's made too much money. That's the problem. He's like. And not even as a movie star, he made money as like a fucking businessman. So yeah, like, the, the tequila business. Um, great tequila, by the way. I've never had his tequila actually. I love it, but I'm well. Don't drink it anymore. I was gonna say, not not maybe not the best thing to. Uh, but I don't drink anymore. Talk about it's like it was funny. I was I'm watching my shows. This is a horrible thing to say, and that's why I was watching. Um, someone had gifted me the um the Aaron Sorkin masterclass because I'm a huge Sorkin mark and there's a part in it where someone was like they were doing like story pitches and someone's pitching the story and they're reading all about like their opening scene is like this party where people are doing blow everywhere and the look in Sorkin's eyes like his eyes start getting wide and I'm like oh no he's gonna relapse in the middle of this scene uh it's just it's rough uh but what was you imagine I mean like look I've I've liked some of Aaron Sorkin stuff I haven't liked some stuff I've gotten uh, you know I'm I think he's very talented right whatever but like uh could you imagine listening to that guy on fucking cocaine for an hour? Well, you would love it, I guess, because yes. you're a big mark. But I would want to kill myself. So I've seen I some think. of his. This is going to sound like the most canceled sentence ever, but I saw some of his old Charlie Rose interviews when he was definitely still like in the cocaine phase, and you can yeah. tell uh, well, he's talking more fun. Yeah, I, it sounds shitty to say, but I feel like when he was on drugs, some of his stuff was better. Well, it's a- never who you like want to think you want to hang out with, and uh, like we always talk about, like I'd much rather, you know, rest in peace. But I would much rather like get drunk with King Kong Bundy than I would Bret Hart, you know. And Bret Hart, I can empirically say Bret's like a way more talented guy, but King Kong Bundy, I'm like, all right, you know, this guy has a sense of humor, and like, you know, he's been married with children. This will be fun. Speaking speaking of Brett, I think what this is a non-collision spoiler spoiler, but I guess after collision was over, Punk was in the ring and he held up like a Terry Funk sign and he was talking about different wrestlers and he mentions Brett and how they text all the time. Uh, can you imagine what those text chains must be? Like I think ours can get sad after a little bit, but I that's we got nothing on a Bret Hart CM Punk. I mean, I mean, it's just them bitching the whole. It's like just all blue. <laughs> I mean, it, it, there's just no responding. It's just like different monologues. Oh, it's a who hates Goldberg more marathon. Oh, he hates Goldberg, man. You know, here's the thing about Brett, man. He's like, he's just he'll he'll like you if you like him. Like the only reason Seth Rollins, Seth, he had beef with Seth Rollins forever, and then. Seth came up to him and was like, hey, man, you're like one of my favorites. What's up? And he goes, oh, I am. And that was it. <laughs> that was it. Like, he never should talk to him again. That's pretty much it. I mean, I, like, I get it to a degree. If if you went through a lot of the shit that Brett did, where in his mind he was. He's got to find a villain. He, was the, he felt like he was the best at whatever performative art this is. And then this yeah. industry tore his family apart killed his brother he got you know screwed over by vince he got screwed over by wcw he got wrongfully injured 
they try to erase him from history at one point. He's kind of got a, a, a gripe to it. Uh, but at the end of the day, he still made a shitload of money and is still revered. And he's he's still around. Like People still remember him and talk about him. Whereas a guy like Rick Martell, who I think was wildly talented, was smart enough to say, I'm sick of this fucking business. I'm going to go into real estate and go make a lot of money. He gets to hang out in Montreal, man. It's the greatest city. I've never been to Montreal. Is it a nice city? It's beautiful. Yeah, I love it. I, I, uh, shout out. To, I've been to the festival a couple times in Comedy Nest. The shows are, are for the most part fun, you know, but the city itself is like gorgeous. Well, Raw was in Quebec City this week and the crowd like was was super hot for the show which made it a lot of fun like they obviously they treated sammy and kevin like gods but they were really plugged in and enjoying what was going on and it made it a lot of fun to watch well they're also telling like they're also telling fucking stories there you know like whether you like them or not like wwe is telling stories no you could say the bloodline story jump the shark i i i'd say jury's not out but the match at SummerSlam certainly sucked. But you, the, you know, you still you like are are waiting about you're you're waiting to see where the stories happen. Um, but having said that, tonight on Dynamite, I thought they told this was the best Dynamite I've seen in fucking a long time, dude. I don't this know. Dynamite blew me away and how yeah. how it was. You know what it was? It was not only was it good, it was laser focused, and everything on the show had a reason to be there and advance a story and make you excited to see all in. This wait, was wait. before before we get to that, you have to do be your roast of QT Marshall jokes for me. No, so, no, no, no. We, we the, I, I can't roast what? QT Marshall. That's excited? what kind of what kind of heresy like three jokes? Hmm? Do you have like three jokes? I have my QT Marshall jokes. This is mean. This all right. I will do my bright side. It's gonna be about four and a half hours. Um, <laughs> look, QT, I will do this. Well, I will move now to the, the roast of QT Marshall. Dan did his last week. So Scott is is currently on the road. He recorded his own piece thinking we are technically savvy individuals in 2023. And I can, for Nick Osmond. I had some funny ones on there. Uh, your one with Hausman was good. The chocolate milk joke. I, I popped hard for that. <laughs> um, you had some good ones, but uh, Scott recorded his own stuff. I don't know if he did the QT roast. I'll be, we haven't heard it yet. Um, I'm going to have to release that as a separate, like part two. I think Mike had a great suggestion. We'll release this as wrestle roast dynamite. His will be wrestle roast collision. And, you know, we'll see which one gets better ratings, but uh, all right. So the bright side of QT Marshall, we watched the wrestler, documentary about him for the patreon and he's a dude who genuinely loves pro wrestling his dream was to get into wrestling the industry constantly just churned him up and spit him out and he never gave up the end of that documentary ends with him working for his father-in-law's snap-on tools company and that's how the thing ends and he just kept going after and now is a fairly high up producer in AEW. They use him as a character. What he's doing in AAA right now is an absolute blast. And he went from this perverse guilty pleasure of us mocking him on the show for why is this guy on here to he genuinely kind of became an entertaining part of the of the show. I don't think he's a great wrestler. He's a capable wrestler. He's a capable character. But he just leaned into what made him our mascot on here. 
and has made a very successful career. And the people who shit on him online, like genuinely shit on him, not like what we're doing because we fucking love QT Marshall. Uh, but the people who are genuinely like, you know, fuck you. He's like, thank you. Here's my bank account. Here's my wife. Uh, I'm I'm living my dream. I and hope like, you're this happy. It all seems obtainable. <laughs> it's yes, it seems very attainable. But uh, I, I love QT Marshall. I wrote a couple jokes. I went very light on QT because. Can I just I'm, add? Yeah, QT. Here's the thing. The reason we made fun of him is because he started out as a complete shit, dude. He had like all we knew about QT Marshall was that he came out with an apple. He'd been doing this for a long time. And then we had that bizarre promo he cut on Cody where Cody, and this is where we fell in love with him, where Cody said to them, I'm not going to use my finisher on you. And basically it was just like being like, it's okay, buddy. I'll give you your match, but I'm not going to hit you too hard. Okay. And the it's the first AEW match to end in disqualification. QT turns heel with his entire wrestling school and Cody's wrestling school, the factory. And starts this feud that, like, we all kind of were like, uh, is this like, you know, is this this Cody vision? But I don't think there was one part of the feud that I was like, this is, I'm bored by this, you know? Like, the Anthony Go, even the Anthony Gogo stuff was like, that, that eventually it became, was like so bizarre and fun to talk about. And then he did like really like cute shit with Hook and Big Show and, you know, the guy is clearly having a run now in AAA, and he's like, you know, I mean, I think that they're figuring him out, which is what he should be, is John Laurinaitis that can wrestle. You know, that's what his character should be. And it should be like, you know, the one thing I'll say, I don't think he's as over as Dom or anything, but as far as like understanding who he is, that guy knows who he is, man. He gets the joke. Uh he understands how he, I, I think he plays it up, man. I think he plays it up for sure. So I do uh, all love to QT Marshall. He is a guy who AEW should be using as Tony's uh, Adam Pierce or Tony's John Laurinaitis on camera. He should be the guy who I have a note from Mr. Khan that I'm here to read. And that would draw a tremendous amount of heat. He can deliver those little moments I'd keep him away from Hobbs. I don't think he did Hobbs any favor, but no, I mean, I just think, I don't think the booking is done. I mean, they just don't, nobody books a good guy, a big guy. Well, unless it's Brock, you know, or like Walter. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, Gunther on, on raw looked, I mean, the, the story they're telling with him is in Gable is great, but you can't talk about someone else on the bright side of QT Marshall. Dan, okay. it's not allowed. It's Sorry. not nice. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll do my, my QT Marshall jokes. Uh, and then we will move on to Dynamite or Dud. Then we'll do an all-out preview, high spot, low spot, and then uh, we'll 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 tag this sucker. Chichi <clears throat> Marshall answers the question: What happened if Brooklyn Brawler never sucked Pat Patterson's dick? Chichi <laughs> Marshall won the AAA Latin American title, which is all the justification I need to support Trump wanting to build that Mexican wall. QT Marshall's stable is called the factory. He's like Willy Wonka, only instead of killing children, he's simply killing people's careers. We watched the QT documentary, The Wrestler. QT seems so close to fame so many times without committing suicide that his new gimmick should be Dan St. Germain. <laughs> oh, man, that's pretty good. Q 
QT was trained at the Monster Factory because calling it the Sexual Predator Factory was a little too on the nose. <laughs> In Ring of Honor, he teamed with Damian Priest. Priest went on to team with Bad Bunny, while the only rodent QT worked with was the gerbil he had to dislodge from Cody Rhodes' ass. <laughs> In NXT, QT Marshall wrestled Baron Corbin, which is my Omega versus Osprey. <laughs> Marshall runs a pro wrestling school called the Nightmare Factory, where the trainees look less like in-ring shooters and more like Columbine shooters. <laughs> QTV is a parody of TMZ, while AEW is a parody of a well-run wrestling company. He was in a movie called Rampage Big Meets Bigger, which, despite its title, is not a porn. Though it didn't stop me from jerking off to it. And finally, QT Marshall is married to a lovely woman, has a producer job in AEW, and gets to live his dream on a weekly basis. So fingers crossed on this ending with the most fucked up dark side of the ring ever. <laughs> well, you uh, know, Rick, I've been reading a book on MK Ultra and uh, doing a set on the show, as I did last week with Nick Houseman, feels like I'm in an MK Ultra room where I'm just talking into a void like... <laughs> Being like, there's an audience of one. You're like, this is the creepiest, fucking eeriest feeling. But uh, I love, I love QT, man, and uh, I miss you, QT. He's not dead. No, he's all still right. there. Yeah, oh, shit. Uh, for all shit. I know, he may wind up on uh, on All In. One can I hope. Think, give the audience what they want. Uh, I, I mean, I I think that uh, they could probably sell another 10,000 tickets if they announced that QT was going to be there. But uh, Tony Khan and his crew did everything they could on this episode of Dynamite to sell you on All In. And like we've said on this show before, this show has sold a shitload of tickets for people who just want to experience a big pay-per-view feel in Wembley. They They probably heard about their parents or grandparents that went to SummerSlam 92 and it was this amazing moment in this amazing building and they want to recreate that in the way that people went to Woodstock 99 because they heard all about how great Woodstock was. So on the one hand, Tony Khan did not need to announce a card for this show. It sold on its own. Did we want to know what the card was? Absolutely. Did they ultimately put together a card that they kind of backed into? Yes. Does the card really matter? Uh, but Dynamite did a, a bang-up job to try to get people excited for this show. Hour one was going to be the Elite versus Juice Robinson and the Guns. Match never starts as Juice Robinson attacks the referee. We get a brawl. Takeshita comes out. And then FTR show up, uh, not armed. And we get a, a big brawl, and they, they rescue the Young Bucks. In the back, we get an MJF sit-down interview with Rene Paquette, where he uh, talks about how if he wins, he's going to buy everybody in the stadium a pint before pointing out it's going to be Tony Khan because Tony Khan's a mark. We get John Moxley versus Ray Phoenix as a way to write Ray Phoenix off of this pay-per-view since he's not able to fly overseas. Uh, he wins by chokeout. Then afterwards, we get a bunch of interference and a bunch of terrible camera shots that miss the the big moments of Santana and Ortiz as the surprise partners of the Blackpool Combat Club. Santana was yoked, bro. He yes, he he took all the gas that Max has not taken. Uh, yeah. We get an, a backstage segment 
of Phoenix being loaded into an ambulance and Eddie Kingston and Renee having a little bit of uh, tension, not sexual tension, just regular plain old tension, though. Eddie Kingston can fuck. I think we all know that. Uh, I don't know if we do. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, he's probably on the bottom and very lazy. But have you yes. heard? Have you heard? Yeah, I mean, it's probably he. Pro- you know what? He's probably a great dirty texter. And then uh, he gets there and he's like, she's like, oh, the movie's a lot shorter than the trailer. <laughs> you know, it's like one of those things. Yeah, the promo he would give to get a girl in bed has got to be way better. Oh, God, this guy's going to be the best ever. And it's just like a normal fat guy. He loses balance, falls off the cot. Uh, Sammy Guevara's in the back gets confronted by 2.0 and Danny Garcia about them supporting Jericho and he's like I, I gotta support my friends uh, then we get an Osprey and Chris Jericho contract signing Sammy's out there Don's out there and Will Osprey, in my opinion turned massive baby face by talking about how he's doing this for his kids like Soder was like texting me too because you know Soder grew up with a, ste- a couple stepdads so I was like oh he just did this is like your ideal promo. This is like the stepdad promo you wanted someone to cut on you. Yeah. Um, this it was, was, it was insane. It was great. So, Dan, uh, tell me your thoughts on hour one of this, uh, this show. Well, I'll just, I'll just start by saying like, this is Osprey's the guy, dude. If you want to talk about who's the guy, who's the number one, a people like talk about Roman and Kenny as being one and one, a, as far as like big stars. And people talk about MJF. So they, they put MJF in that category too, I guess. But uh, man, he's up there, dude. Like, I think like when I saw that, I was like, this guy's a fucking star. He's He's got more charisma and more in-ring presence than anybody. He looks way bigger than he is just because of his personality. He cuts this great promo about being the single dad. Uh, you know, he, he he talks about how this means everything to him. You know, they're kind of like, it was kind of like the ultimate chicken shit out of chicken salad promo because he didn't even try to explain, like, why did Don Callis get, you know, get me and why am I, you know, part of the storyline? He didn't want to fucking deal with any of that. He was just like, look, you know, this is a big fucking match to me. You were one of my favorites, um, you know, and then Jericho cut this promo that was like kind of heelish on him back where he was talking about, you know, you know, don't put as many bumps on your bump card, kid. And it it just came across as almost like kind of weird, weirdly condescending. So I guess it was like, is Jericho a heel or is Osprey the face? I mean, they're supposed to be. I think they know the crowd is just going to go nuts for Osprey. And they're and I think they're going to pop for Jericho. My my gut on this was in the build to Hogan Rock when they did that goofy segment where like, Hogan like like hit him with a uh eighteen wheeler, yeah. And they're like, it's going to be about murder. And then they realized, no, we don't need to do that. It just needs to kind of be the generational match. I feel like that was what Osprey was doing here. It right. was taking That's it out of the sure. stupid storyline and just being like, you know, this match was supposed to happen in Tokyo. It didn't. It's going to happen now. I want this to be one of the best matches of my career. How valuable if you're a company and you have a guy that can do that. How valuable is a guy like that? We talk about like true mvps in wrestling and that does remind me of like a cena thing to do where it's like hey man like i'm gonna make you want to check this story out like whether you want to or not like i'm you know i'm gonna fucking so i'm gonna cardi the shit and uh he does it man i mean he's 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 the guy he can turn around a bad storyline like nobody i've i've seen in wrestling recently 
it bums me out because every time I see him on TV, I'm like, I want to see this guy every week. And I know that we don't get him every week because he's not part of AEW. Yeah. And he's just one of the bright spots of the uh, of the show. Is there anything else in the first hour that uh, there's a bunch of stuff? There's there. a lot of stuff. I mean, I thought that, uh, you know, the first hour for how did it open again? Sorry. That, it was, that, that it was the six man right? tag that never happened. And then it just turned yeah. into a bunch of different brawls. Yeah, I thought that that was done well, just because like. You know, again, it's like, why not, you know, the, the, the two matches between, you know, the Blackpool Combat Club, the Elite, Don Callis's family, you know, the best friends, all these matches just seem kind of interchangeable to me. Yeah. So it's like, just do the Attitude Era booking, have a bunch of people in the ring, you know, everybody hits everybody else, you're here for the face downs, not the, you know, the stare downs, not the actual matches, which is, you know, a way to book, it's a very New Japan way to book, but. I think people will pop, you know, do I think it's going to be great stories? Like, no, I thought the Eddie stuff was interesting. Eddie stuff is always interesting, dude. He's always the most interesting guy on the roster, you know, uh, and MJF cut an amazing baby face promo. So good. I don't know what this, I don't know where this is going, man, because like the crowd does not want him to turn heel. Like they do not want this guy to turn heel. So I tried to think of the worst way that they could conclude this uh, this storyline, and I'm really worried. I'm right now, right? So he is a baby, and I, I said this a little bit last week. I'm like, they've kind of put themselves into a position here where they accidentally got Max and Adam Cole so over that you can't leave money on the table by not sticking with this. But on the other hand, bad Tony Khan booking mind is that this is going to end with Roderick Strong and the Kingdom turning on Cole and joining up with MJF as his cronies. That's my concern. Yeah. I mean, I, that, but, you know, here's the thing is, that is the logical story to tell, but uh, it's a story nobody wants because the truth is, as much as I think Roderick Strong's a great in-ring worker, I've never been a huge Matt Taven fan. Um Matt Bennett, you know, I could go either way. I really don't care. But they just don't feel like they're in the same league as these two guys. You know, no. MJF and Adam Cole. And, you know, you have to have stars work with... There's stars that are coming up. You have to work with st other stars right now. And they're, it just feels like... They you know, do, but Tony can't resist putting lesser guys in stables with big stars. Like the whole Jericho Appreciation Society was was that. So, and I think in his mind, if Max is a heel, like he just doesn't give up on shit. It's like, dude, Sammy's a heel. Yeah. Like Sammy's a heel, but like in, work, in, yeah. in his simplistic booking mind, sometimes it's kind of like, well, if Max is a heel, he needs to have flunkies who can get beat up. And it's like when JBL had the cabinet, yeah. it's like, well, you just need bodies. I can see them doing that with Roderick strong in the kingdom to justify why they're there or, you know, just cut those guys. And no one's going to uh, mind. Yeah, we don't want to see anybody get fired, but I, I just like, you know, I don't know, man. I mean, I just don't need to see him in the main event either. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, what do you think of the Moxley Phoenix match? I thought that was really good. It was good. Yeah. I mean, that guy Phoenix, Phoenix and Moxley, for whatever reason, they have really good chemistry together. Like, you know, like they just uh, have really good chemistry together. And and it was cool seeing Santana and Ortiz back, especially with all the reports yeah, that hope. they were not getting along, or they're not friends. Yeah, where's or... the Ortiz? Like his face was weird. He looked like very bizarre during it. I thought, but I thought Santana looked great. I think we'll they see look what great. happens, man. 
I think it'll be fun. Uh, I'm kind of pissed the cameras just missed their returns a little bit, but uh, I just don't know. Like my whole thing is like I don't know who these, I don't know why these factions are with each other. You know, like why are why why are Santana Ortiz where black with Blackpool Comic Club? What are they? They had an old feud with the best friends, which like I thought that that was kind of squashed. And then who's the other? It was uh, just fucking Lucha. The Lucha Bros, you know, I don't know. Just seems like it's very random. This whole feud, it's it's very again, it's it's random. It's just let's get a bunch of guys on there and have a good card, uh, versus let's try to make sense of the storyline. So I also really liked this. Is the first time they did this like Renee sit down thing with the with the screen. I like that. I think it's a it's a cool it's looking presentation. Man. So it's like that's kind of why you need her on the show. You just need like a normal person's reaction. She's shit. normal, and this and again the stuff with her and Eddie. Where you know she tries Did to interview him. React this week versus Jr. Last week. I mean, it's like night and day. Yes, but her re- her reaction of like, "Hey, we're gonna actually remind you that that's his that that's Moxley's wife, and that what's going on doesn't exist in a bubble." And Eddie being like, "You want me to fix this? I'm gonna go beat the shit out of your husband." Was kind of cool. Yeah. I like that. Really and at least they knew how to shoot an ambulance this time, as opposed to that weird hangman thing last week. Yeah, I mean that was was that the one that like they. We're gonna schedule to tape on collision, and then yeah, what the fuck is going on over there? <laughs> That's basically what I didn't get any answers. I thought Nick was gonna have answers on our podcast, but uh, we don't really have kind of any answers of what what the fuck is going on over there. Uh, what what we saw is the the simplest explanation is probably what did happen, and nobody wants to own up to it. And Tony Khan's answer is kind of you can't make people get along who don't, but we're gonna try our darndest. And I'm like, no, Vince was really good at getting people to get along because their goal was get paid and make money. Yeah, I think that's where I get the most frustrated with a lot of this shit. It's like your goal is to make money. You don't have to like all the people that you're working with. Uh, All your favorites in wrestling didn't love each other. They found a way to get in the ring and make money. And then years later on shoot interviews, talk shit about one another. That's the fucking wrestling way, guys. Bro, did you just send the new, I mean, like, a little bit of a detour. Man, this will be for my high spot, low spot. We'll talk later on. Well, that's a good teaser. All right. Hour two. Hour two opens with the Adam Cole, Renee uh, Paquette. Robert is drinking a fucking generous cup of chamblay right now it's pretty nuts uh this is a uh this is a pinot noir that my wife poured me because she's just like yeah you, i feel like you I need this nothing about wine it's a red wine that's really all you need to know but it is it is a hot tub right now would, would you like me to go full like giamatti on this in sideways no. No. no i won't uh you do a way better paul giamatti impression than i do oh anyway uh perfect to play me in a movie about our podcast <laughs> <laughs> That is true. Like that with the loss, like with the loss of Philip Seymour Hoffman, we've really only got one one true yeah, option. We got, this, we got one. All right, all right. Well, I'll just do this like Philip Seymour Hoffman. The rest of the anyway, we get the most bizarre fever dream segment ever. We get six weeks of storytelling in one segment, which is Nick Wayne and Darby Allen versus Ar Fox and Swerve Strickland. In a really good what false count anywhere match, it wasn't that good of a match. It was, I enjoyed it. It, really it was wasn't. just constant spots. It was fun for what it I was. Went, just the whole time, I just was like, poor fucking swerve, man. Like, this guy is just like constantly just giving all these crazy stories that are up and down. That there's a payoff and not a payoff. And 
I thought Brian Cage, it was just shot really weird. So I thought like, well, that means Brian Cage is the the partner, right? Uh, and then like Brian Cage had to look like a schmuck and yep. be like, no, it's not me. And then I'm like, all right, so is it Christian? Is it Christian? And they don't really ever say whether it's Christian or not. It should be. It Christian, is Christian. Christian is my favorite promo in wrestling right now. And it's not even close. He is just, I mean, he's picking up. He's like taking that QT position for me in the company of just like this guy just saying whatever the fuck. Like, I think his whole thing of just going after dead dad should be his gimmick for the rest of while well, he's wrestling. He just Until negative one retires him. Robert. Until negative one. Actually, dude, that's, that's not a great. That's that's the How way to that, negative one. A negative one has got what? He's like got to be too young. He's I like, don't know, and I feel like if I Google that, I'm going to wind up on a watch list. So yeah, I don't think that's something you want to watch. Um, I mean, Christian Cage right now, he's doing the most fun shit that you can do as a wrestler. I think, like, I, I really, you know, like, yes, I understand he's not MJF. He's not even he's not even Dom, but he's like whatever. He is just having a blast. He's just having a blast. And I'm I'm here for it, brother. And genuinely a good dude. I love Christian. Um, but yeah, this segment again, AR Fox. There's there's so many cool little elements there. You had Nick Wayne's mom in the front row, and then AR Fox comes out in the in the. Can you still call it a wife beater in 2023? I don't know what it's properly called. The the white tank top that's covered in blood, and then he rips it off and throws it at the mom. They have the match. Nick Wayne wins. And Swerve turns on AR Fox. Yeah, but it's like, it, it's kind of messy, man. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of messy spots. It was, there were some messy spots. I think was, Darby's really good in the ring, but, uh, you know, I, it was just messy. It was sloppy, but I, I don't know. I thought it was fun for what it was. Then Brian Cage comes out, and I'm like, oh, Brian Cage is going to take AR Fox's spot. Instead, we get Sting, who comes out with Nick Wayne and Darby Allen. They then reunite with AR Fox, kind of. And then Luchasaurus and Christian come out. the fucking manager again? The fucking coming to America character. Oh, Prince Nana. Prince Nana. This is just like, like sometimes like he's so cartoonish. I'm like, am I the only one who sees him? You know what I mean? Like, because you could literally do, you could do an entire, you could take Prince Nana away from the storyline and it works. Like, I don't know if I'm, it's like Beautiful Mind where Russell Crowe realizes Paul Bettany isn't real by the end of it because I mean, it just seems like a different, like, character, like, late 90s in living color or some shit, just thrown into the middle of this fucking mess of a story. It's very bad. I feel like Mike once compared him to, like, Slick when we were talking about AEW managers. Slick's great. Yeah, but it's a gimmick, not a person. And I genuinely thought the goofiness of this booking was going to be that AR Fox was like, this was all planned and he was going to attack Darby and sting from behind. Cause that's how the camera yeah. was blocked. And then it wasn't. And they just kept throwing people out there. It was weird, but we'll see. We get uh FTR and the Bucks sitting in the back with Renee. And I don't think they can figure out who the heels are in this feud yet. No. I'm I am getting sick of fucking Dax talking about his fucking daughter every segment. You're kind of like, all right, you're the one who brings it up, and then we're like, and we bring it up, but you keep like you keep bringing your daughter up, dude. This is weird. You're acting like a heel right now. It, it is like, weird because it's also strange because they're just not addressing the elephant in the room with Cash Wheeler. 
Yeah, I mean that's another thing. Like you just have to pretend that it's not a thing. Can't they just? I mean, I would kind of say something, right? Well, I guess you can't rub their noses in it, but it's 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 awkward. It's for sure awkward. This whole, I mean, AEW is the most awkward British comedy work environment, I think, in wrestling of all time right now. The backstage, you could actually make a great comedy about the backstage in AEW. It reminds me of British office, British extras, just just but Tony Khan leading the pack, bro. How much do you wish that they still had that AEW behind the scenes show just to see what's going on now? I mean, they didn't have that. I wish they had something though. Uh, you know, like that that one was like just like totally manifest. That one is like just the whole every episode is like because like guys, I swear to God, I'm not cheating on my concussed husband. You know, like that was that show. Yeah, um, it was it was weird. By the way, speaking of weird, in the middle of Dynamite or Dud, we have two run-ins at the same time. Scott Chaplin and Mike men. Lawrence just appeared, kind of like Prince Nana as a fever <laughs> dream. We we now have yeah. the Mike, entire crew. Question. Can print unnatural can you, disasters? Can you see? Can you can you see Prince Nana too? That's my question. Dan is convinced he uh, he's hallucinating Prince Nana like a beautiful I mind. Think he just froze. Oh, this is fantastic. Mike came <laughs> on and he froze. Scott, he froze. are you there? Yeah, Dan dealers aren't good enough to give him a Prince Nana experience. <laughs> By the way, Scott's calling from like a parking lot and somehow this is the best audio you've had in months. Wait, really? I'm literally in a parking lot. Yes. Yeah, this is the best audio you've had This months. is literally like... What the fuck, This man? is like George Lucas THX style audio quality. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, a lot of kids, a lot of kids in my mom's area um, have uh, have mysteriously died, and I think they they blame the power lines. So we don't really get much much around her area, you know. By the way, that was the plot of Distinguished Gentlemen, so that's awesome. <laughs> well, oh you, wow, Scott. I've never seen that. I was wondering who was going to say the most haunting thing on this podcast, but <laughs> you actually beat me to it this week. That that was. That- <laughs> That was a shot. That sounded like the beginning of a true crime podcast. Uh, how you been, brother? Oh, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm in Rhode Island right now. Oh, nice, bro. I'm going to be out Dude, there. I'm in Maryland. In the Rogue Island Comedy Festival. Oh, shit. Look at us moving around. So, wait. So, Dan's in Virginia. Mike's in Maryland. Scott's in Rhode Island. This is Georgia. like throw a dart. <laughs> yeah, man. We're around. <laughs> Oh, okay. yeah, look at Taylor us cruising for a bruising, dude. Yeah. We have the Eastern Seaboard covered to talk about Ruby Soho versus Sky Blue, which is our next match. <laughs> good timing, Shut guys. Up. I swear Shut to you, that's up. what you came in on. We were we were saying so many nice things about Dynamite, Scott. You, you'd think I'm, you know. Yeah, Dan we were actually are... very complimentary to Dynamite. And then we got to Ruby show, Soho right? versus Sky Blue. How funny they're like uh... – they they also there was that promo for a rampage match uh, featuring all the women that are going to be in the main event. Yes, at, at all in not the main event, you know the women's main event at all in. Uh, the I mean sorry, the only women's match at all in, um, <laughs> which means it's the women's main event. And um, but that rampage wasn't even filmed last night. That was filmed last Saturday. So there's just really no uh, there, sort of giving this a shit. Saturday. Is they already take collision. No, they take they, collision they after it. dynamite. Which means we could spoil it. You can only spoil <laughs> it by watching it, Mike. Wait, wait, what? Do you want to talk about it at the end of this podcast? 
I don't really know what happened. I, I read this. Yeah, there's one thing on it that I'll we can talk about after. We can. Give I'm sure there's too much point. Juice Robinson. <laughs> there's never enough Juice Robinson. Hey, never uh, enough Juice. This is good man, you're wrong about Juice. I don't need to see him for thirty fucking minutes an episode. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna finish this fucking dynamite or dud, and then we can talk about real stuff again. Um, we get a Kingdom promo. Robert, with- it's a wrestling podcast. We don't talk about anything that's real. Yeah. That is true. Well, no, Dan went on a rant about uh, Joe Biden earlier. That was uh, we're now a QAnon podcast in case you missed it. But I'm joking. Hey, uh, I got to make my money. So now that the writer's strike, I got to become an alt right podcaster. It's the only way to make money. I was, I'm just waiting for Dan to call himself the Terry Funk of comedy so I could have a good laugh. <laughs> well, I uh, I will never be saying forever. That's for sure. <laughs> we get sure. uh anyway the acclaim come out they uh they call out house of black and then billy gunn unretires i guess and then in the main event the hardys face uh united empire and then afterwards mjf and adam cole become the biggest baby faces in the history of fucking pro wrestling and give you uh teases of the double clothesline and the kangaroo kick which are insanely over they're the best baby faces in the company and they won't exist after Sunday. So that was uh, that was the end of Dynamite. Uh, Mike, did you catch any of Dynamite? I watched a little bit of it. I mean, I look, man. You know, we say this every couple months. They drag their asses, and then they are they are fantastic um, because they need to be, but they do it. You know, so credit to them. I mean, I I think the stuff could have been stretched over the past couple of weeks but you know um it it's effective like i i am more interested in seeing the pay-per-view uh this weekend than i was before this dynamite and that's the point of this dynamite so you know not a dud yeah i think uh, dan and i both thought it was a a great show uh scott did you enjoy this week's dynamite scott's on mute Oh, sorry. I was talking. <laughs> I was on mute though, but I, I loved it so much. It, 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 it not only made me, well, it made me excited for all in, even though I was excited for it, but it showed me that a lot of the guys are excited for all in. Um, yeah. Does that take the form of chaos a lot in AW where a bunch of guys are just punching each other everywhere? Yeah. But that's my favorite type of AEW. And I think we got a lot of that last night where there was, oh, pandemonium, there's tension. Uh, these guys want to go at each other, this and that. These guys are protecting these guys, but only because they want to be the ones to get them. It's like, it, there's there's such simplicity in, I want to fuck this guy up. I mean, Eddie Kingston all night was, yes. he was the star of last night, right? That Renee Young moment was uh, maybe my favorite moment on the whole show, you know, where he's like the fucking camera in real dude. It's all, he's it's like just... the fucking microphone. Like he says, fucking, it's like, dude, this is great. Dude, he's, a real, it's just, he's, he's real, you know, he's, yeah. he's real. I want to ask Mike and Scott since Dan and I kind of went back and forth on this a little bit. The uh, Will Ospreay promo was a hardcore babyface promo, right? Guy who was fighting for his family to, oh, yeah. to provide oh, for yeah. his kid. Like that was him. I, I felt like that was him calling an audible and just being like, now nah, we're we're going in this direction, and we're just going to worry about having a great it match. Felt like a boxing promo, yeah, you know, which is what I love. Yeah, I mean, 
he, you know, we knew he was going to be cheered more than anybody come Sunday. He is going to be the star of Sunday because one, he, he can just be the star whenever he chooses to be because he's that good. But two, because it's his home, his hometown in front of, you know, the, the quote unquote largest wrestling crowd uh, ever. That's, you're going to get something really special. And I, I can't imagine 10 people out of 80,000 something booing Will Ospreay. They would have to be absolute losers. This is going to be such a cool moment. Uh, yeah, that moment too. Just loved it. I thought Jericho was great in it too, bringing up Dynamite Kid and stuff. Really, really good stuff. But yes, it it made it clear like, oh, this is um, this is a face Osprey for sure going into this. But it also makes the Callus dynamic like, what's up with Callus just paying off people or you know grabbing onto people who are so um, who are so talented. Uh, and like ego driven that, you know, their brains fall apart. I mean, he's over as a heel. I will say this about Don Callis. Yeah, no, I believe oh, people yeah. hate him. I genuinely <laughs> believe people don't like Don Callis. Um, all right. So before we get to the all in preview, since Mike and Scott weren't here at the top, we, Dan and I talked about Terry Funk. Uh, I'm sure both of you guys have some, some thoughts on, uh, on the Funker. So, Mike, I'll, I'll start with you. Anything you want to share about Terry Funk? You know, it's interesting, um, you know, when he when he passed, and, and I know he was on the men for a while. First off, you know, always uh, 79 is 150 in wrestling years. So oh, I'm glad yeah. he got to. I mean, this is like a Galapagos tortoise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really is. But he got to live a long That's time. And I, I know, you know, his wife passed and he had mental issues you know um but yeah he's a guy you know i saw it a couple times yesterday people saying he's my favorite wrestler of all time and you know i think he really is one of those guys you hear someone say that you're not going to argue with them about it like i mean do i do i think he is for me no and, and a lot of that is i just you know age and not growing up with a lot of his stuff but so mike uh, dan, made, dan made a point earlier where he's like Terry Funk is a lot of wrestlers' favorite wrestlers in the way Norm McDonald is a lot of comedians' favorite comedian. And that's how they kind of look at Terry Funk. Yeah, and they both uh, had many retirements. One one in the form of canceled shows and <laughs> one in the form of... <laughs> no, I mean, look, like, you, it, Artie Lang is definitely Dennis Stamp. But um, <laughs> I, I, I think that... Give Artie uh, some credit. You know, in terms also, of... Also, give Dennis some credit. Artie would never jump on a trampoline. That's true. Uh, <laughs> but and they both had different ways of breaking their noses. But I, I think what's what's amazing is that like to have been an NWA champion in the time that he was is was is a like extremely impressive feat that we have no context for because you had these fucking hillbilly mobsters, you know, the the uh, alliance itself, and they had to agree on somebody to be champion. So for him to have that credibility and that respect, that in itself, and I mean, you know, that that's a part of his career none of us really know about because it's all before our time. But then, you know, you get into 89, the stuff with Flair is so awesome. And I mean, obviously, the ECW stuff, we fucking chainsaw Charlie. I think that they had the line. Oh, that was a uh, really good Screen grab a mic. He looks like he was coming in space or something. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yep. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm at a hotel, so maybe it's not the best. But, like, dude, I mean, some of those heel promos that he has, the one where he's in the poncho making fun of Puerto Rico, yes. I remember Matt McCarthy did it at our show, like, word for word. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, so, you know, um, A-plus talker, A-plus worker. Forever, the forever promo, man. Yeah. I mean, do the empty arena match with Lawler, like, just an innovator in we so many ways. We didn't even talk ways. about, uh, what's it called, the uh, fucking exploding barbed wire death match yeah that was him brother and i think you know what was him too that doesn't get enough credit you have so many legends have egos and how this guy was able to help people bring them up and you know and it seemed like a real meaningful presence in their in their lives outside of wrestling you know i i think he's a guy there aren't many guys especially of that era that I think are as beloved as him, and I think that says a lot about him personally. So you know, I think we never roasted him, right? Because he was he was he announced as being sick. We were thinking about doing it, yeah. Yeah, I think we we literally booked it, and then there was something about him having dementia, that we were just like, nah, we don't want to hit him. Uh, that's how him. There's a lot of people we would still say, fuck it, let's do it, but yeah. Yeah, Ryback, you're gonna have to get some pretty fucking bad disease for us to not make fun of you. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna have like you're gonna have to like, have like I don't know, got food poisoning from those chicken tenders or something. Marty, uh, we're gonna have to find out the parts where you're the victim are also true, bro. I mean, here's the thing: it's like here's why it doesn't even matter if they'll have a good match if you guys just got these guys to get over their shit. And like Kenny Omega fucking hired Ryback as his goddamn like as a member of the elite. Oh man. As as a, as his bodyguard. I mean that versus CM Punk, you wouldn't even have to fucking worry about Kenny's promos. You just throw a bunch of schmas on it. No, no. And it's just Dan, like, oh, these are just all internet grapes. Ooh, what what you have to do is you have to have Kenny say he needs to get cleared and you hire Dakamon. The guy that sued Punk <laughs> to do his physical, <laughs> <laughs> the Z Pack Warrior Kenny Omega. It's be that's that's all you need. Is is that is that Doc still with WWE? Uh, I think so. Yeah, he's he was uh, he was still there as of a couple a couple months ago. I think okay, some capacity. Nice guy. I feel it, it was a whole that was just an ugly situation. But no, sorry, Terry Funk. Um, I also love and Richard's told it on his so on his show, and they told it when I was there. The whole like my horse is sick, and that's why he bailed out of that Survivor Series. He, he, yeah. he you ever see the video of him getting he got kicked by a horse? There's a video. Um, he's wrestling. I think. Oh damn, who is it? Steiner maybe. And they're in a horse pen, and he pile drives Steiner, and then the horse just kicks Terry in like the fucking arm. You know, with its back leg really hard, and Terry's just like, I'll get you later, and then continues fighting Steiner. (laughs) (laughs) And I also think, like, beyond the mat, at least for my generation, you know, we talked about when Draws passed, is, I think, the most iconic wrestling documentary. And he comes across great in it. He comes, yeah, him in full. I mean, yeah, it's. They come across so great in it, and uh, but Terry Funk comes. I think about Foley comes off as like a guy. Terry Funk comes off as a cowboy in it. You know, like he comes out, and it's like he doesn't mess with your idea of what a wrestler is. He's this old, broken down man who's still like 
you know, it was like, I got one more in me, boss. You know? Yeah, I think that's why, uh, you know, when when Mike was talking about Terry Funk and he, and he said legend and you go, yeah, we use that all the time. But yeah, when you say it about Terry, it's like the legend of Terry Funk. That's a real thing that when you look at him, knowing his history, you just go, God damn. He's like, there's like this Indiana Jones characteristic to him. You know, he's uh, yeah, there's like a Wild West character in him. He he's he's uh, timeless. Like even kids who don't know his story, they get it after watching one promo. That's also the magic of Terry Funk. Yeah, and you, I think learn- historically, like the second act of ECW and all that is like I think I think Dory was more respected as a worker and a champion and everything, but Terry doing that and and putting young guys over is what really made him the legend that. I don't think Dory is as much. Dory Jr., obviously. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, maybe in ring, but promo-wise, I mean, there's... I mean, yeah. Everything Terry Funk says is real, dude. We say that about Eddie Kingston. It's the same thing with Terry Funk. As you know, you just believe... You just believe everything he says. All right, guys. Big news. Osprey and Terry Funk are good. Uh, we're going to get to these Wembley... Uh, yeah, we'll get to this Wembley match thing. 90,000 people. Can we just predict uh, the I'm, I'm going to have to hop off soon. Yeah, I'm going to have to hop off soon. So if you want to pick the matches you're most curious about my answer. <laughs> Can we? Well, I would say we'd edit out that laugh, but since Zach is in here, I don't know how to edit shit. No, please. No, no, that laugh is Scott the week that his favorite company is having their biggest job. <laughs> it's like a Cat Williams laugh. It's fucking unnerving. Um, <laughs> all right, so we'll we'll start with uh, it does sound like a girl cheering in Street Fighter, you know, it's like turn it up, <laughs> like I always expected to say that. Chun <laughs> Lee's windscreen, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jesus. All right, uh, all right, we'll start with the real main event of this show Sheeta versus Tony Storm versus Soraya versus Britt Baker. Scott, who do you got? My goodness, uh, you know, I think Sheeta should remain champion uh i think this would be a, a, a fun match i think soraya will have a moment with her family i i think yes she will be cheered but i hope i hope she does something to also get her booed because again even though i know osprey's not the one signed with them she is the story of um of a hometown hero is obviously osprey's and soraya her storyline has been a big old bitch the last few months so let her be a big old bitch in this match, and let's see what the crowd does. I think she'll get cheered, but I think after a few minutes, they'll all get booed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. It'll be fine. Uh... Yeah, I'm happy for them. I don't know. I'm mad that there's no, like, dude, a TNT t- championship. And then even if there is one, it's going to be fucking Ruby Soho fighting for it. Why? Because she's the most famous? Get out of here. What a weird anti-Ruby Soho rant from you there. Uh, Dan, no, who, I like her a lot, but there's, yeah, you know, I can tell you sounded like that. belongs there. It's just not fair. I feel like every time there's a pay-per-view, all of a sudden she's like, hey, I'm also somehow going to be a part of it. And you're like, there's five other girls they've shown me more of. Dan, who do you got in this one? Say that, and then we're going to get, like, you know, Anna J versus Chris. Yeah, that's true. Oh. Yeah. Dan, who do you got for the women? Um, I don't know, man. 
I good answer. Think... I love it. <laughs> yeah, Dan, you have to know. That's the whole thing. <laughs> uh, I don't fucking know, bro. By the way, that's how Tony Khan booked this. I don't, like, know, I don't know. I, mean, I, I, just, you know. I just don't care about this match, you know, and it's like, it's totally Tony's fault. It's, you yeah, know, yeah. Because Tony, Tony Storm, Storm is really good, dude. There's a lot of people. That <laughs> yeah, no, Tony Storm is great. And Soraya should be a bigger deal than she is. And Britt is a good talker. She's not that great in the ring, but she's a good fucking talker. She is good in the ring. I should be into this, but I just don't. I don't care. And uh, I don't know. Like, there's been some stinkers lately. And I, I don't understand what this. What is it? It's the NWO versus the AEW Originals. Is that still a thing? I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I I just give credit to Tony Khan for realizing two well booked singles women's matches. He could just have one four way where nobody cares. <laughs> it really is. Uh, it's like a nobody cares. Nobody cares. No, enough. and no one's given a reason to care. I mean, it, it sucks for the women who are talented, who I think are going to put on a good show. Um, I I I guess you know Sheeta would win in this but yeah the soraya ovation would be something i mean i'd put this i don't know i i i think there's there's something to be said for letting her be the first like british talent that gets a reaction because you know uh osprey's gonna get an ovation no matter what but she she I mean, if you really want to save and have jamie hater come out and clear house you know yeah that yeah i think yeah that's and that's the problem is this whole thing is probably just preamble for that moment. And we as an audience know that, so we're not invested. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see any reason to take the title off sheet. I think there's stories you can tell going forward, but whatever. Uh, speaking of well-built, logical storylines, we get Darby Allen and Sting versus Swerve Strickland and Christian Cage in a coffin match. Uh, Scott, who you got? Well, so I guess from from what I've read uh, today is that um, AR Fox hasn't been out of the country since like 2016. So, which is surprising because he's a major global star. <laughs> no, I guess what I mean is, and you know, yeah, the pandemic did happen in 2020, but I don't know. Maybe there's a reason he couldn't make it. That's kind of my guess. Uh, like until. Further notice, I don't understand why you would advertise a guy who's actually work. It's working out with them. I mean, we've all said like, yeah, we do wish it was someone other than Ar Fox. And what the you fuck? Know, guess what? You just couldn't get a pass. I actually, I don't know what it is. Like, I, I mean, I, I wish he wasn't a match because I was, I was invested in it, obviously. But the recovery uh, was so worth it that I don't even give a shit, man. That recovery was so funny. Now you got Christian on the show, so it's like, yeah, it's a bummer and a real, uh, uh like a. I mean, dude, Air Fox killed uh, uh, Wayne. What's his face? The kid. Nick Wayne. Nick Wayne, Nick Wayne yeah. He killed him uh, at Buddy's factory. Like, I think he cut him with a knife or something. And then so for Darby to just be like, we're cool. That's obviously silly. Yeah, uh, when like 10 minutes prior, he threw like a bloodstained shirt at Nick Wayne's mom. Yeah. Oh, geez. But yeah, exactly. But uh, Christian rules. And that is so, so worth it. So I don't care. Um, and I think Sting and Darby will win. I like how two matches in a row, the answer is I don't care. Speaking of I don't care, Dan, what do you think of this match? I mean, this has to end with Christian trying to fuck Nick Wayne's mom, right? 
God, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, that's the great. I mean, he's just like, he does all this broad heel shit that, like, is the great. It's it's like if Vince just booked a heel. That's what Christian is doing. It's just like, I'm going to be the most heelish heel you'll ever see. You know what? Um, Scott, you, why, you why could... not? I think it. you should have Nick Wayne's mom be into it. And now Christian's going to be Nick Wayne's stepdad. That would be great. That'd be that would fucking be, fantastic. You just booked just, the best yeah. storyline of the year. Have them just have have a camera at their house, and then it's like Nick Wayne and Christian's daughter both have to go to TV, and they have to like learn to get along. I just want to I I just want to meet Nick Wayne's mom to see like who who would fuck a guy named Buddy. <laughs> I mean, this is oh, yeah. going to be seeing like Sting's reaction. Oh yeah, <laughs> Rhea, that's well done. Um, <laughs> Scott, what you said you had to leave soon. What was what was the match you want to talk about the most? You know, that is a tough one. Um, I know. I couldn't guess because there aren't many Japanese wrestlers on this show. Uh (laughs) Well, I I am genuinely uh, excited for the trios match just in terms of, and and I don't mean the. uh, Wait, hold on. Which which trios match? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's multiple. Yeah, not the one where Badass returns. um, But when when, uh, Bitass comes out, Kenny, right? (laughs) (laughs) But. uh, no, I'm excited for that match just to see the moments, but I'm also worried about the match because Coda is not Coda yet. And so it's like, hey, great that you got your buddy a payday, which I don't think this the match is just that. I think I'm, I'm hoping it's like a really, you know, fun story um, about, you know, everybody Kenny loves and hates and blah, blah, blah. I hope we get that because people want a Kenny singles match. So just make it a Kenny's single story where everybody involved, you know, it's all about how they're connected to Kenny and blah, blah, blah. Also get Coda out of the match quick by him doing a backflip off of something high. All right. So I guess we're talking but I this think to, ca- no, to catch the wins though. No, sorry. To catch the wins. Yeah. Yeah. I started talking about it. So that's what we're going to talk. And then I got to go, but I think, uh, I think to will pin. Ooh, I don't know who will lose actually who gets the pinfall, but to catch the wins for sure. So Omega fights him at uh, all out in Chicago. And Osprey all the way against Jericho. And all Don right. Callis is going to feel like a king at the end of the night. But then it all in, it's going to all out. It's going to be bad for him. They say, spend another $50. So Don Callis gets his comeuppance next week. And you go, I'll steal it. <laughs> all right. Well, since Scott's out. That's uh, the beginning of where the audio of the, uh, the dead body and the wireless service area documentary starts. <laughs> Uh, either you have thoughts on the six man tag is the golden elite uh, and hangman page versus Takeshita and uh, bullet club gold. Mike, I know you love juice Robinson so much. Are you excited for this match? No. Good. Dan. No, I, I feel like this match <laughs> happens every Saturday. Golden elite. That's what my wife calls her pussy. Am I right? No. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she calls it coffin uh, match. Um, uh, Dan, I thought, I thought it was called the mogul embassy. <laughs> well you know we all have that phase in college uh i don't know man it's uh yeah it was uh i don't care it's, i think it's indicative of a lot of like a lot of the show the matches I, I, are I gonna really, be i just don't care i mean i, I yeah whatever the yeah, be fun but who cares it's kind of like that's prediction sound good fine yeah Great. like stadium stampede it's you know eddie kingston best friends and penta versus blackpool combat club santana and ortiz the match will probably be goofy fun, but 
are there really any true consequences since the last time we saw these guys have a, you know, they had like that blood and guts match. And then the next week they just forgot about it. I don't, I don't understand this. Like, I don't understand how this is different from some of the other, like the casket match. You know, like I, I think there's going to be like a lot of bedlam matches. Um, and uh, I guess Tito Ortiz had to win, right? Tito Ortiz is fighting in this. I'm sorry, uh, Tito and Ortiz. Santana Santana and Ortiz. Yes, uh, the best, like, look, Chuck Taylor exists to lose this match. So, you know, it's going to, and Blackpool can't lose two big things in a row. I guess the only intrigue is whether or not Danielson shows up. Yeah. Mike, anything on Stadium Stampede, the match or the video game? Um, I just want to see a moment where Eddie is just in the concession line waiting for fish and chips. <laughs> it's healthy because it's fish. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that chips here is fried? <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, speaking of crazy, we get Will Ospreay versus Chris Jericho. This will probably be, I mean, I think Jericho, I think Scott was like, oh, he's getting in really good shape for this. Osprey is going to have his work cut out for him if Jericho's kind of, you know, a little lesser, like if he has his ET body. But I, this could be really fun. I think Osprey is awesome. And I think Osprey's got to win. Mike? I think that, yeah, I mean, I, I do think Osprey has to win. And I think that Jericho will tout it as a huge thing that he. Mike, Mike cut out. Oh no! I think Mike cut out. And the uh, the hotel audio got him. He's got the uh, Scott Chaplin disease. But uh, Dan, what do you think of this uh, this match while Mike is still frozen in perpetuity? Um, I don't know, man. It'll be uh, it'll be good. I mean, I I think Osprey will like get a lot out of Jericho. It just it really just depends on what Jericho wants to do, like. You know, that WrestleMania match between Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair was so good because Shawn just told Rick, hey, you got to just do exactly what I say. So I kind of think like that's the only way this match can be really good is if Osprey goes to Jericho, hey, do whatever the fuck that I say during this match. You know, it's to give Osprey kind of the creative on it. And I think they won't disappoint. And I think it'll, I think it'll be a good match, man. I mean, I, you know, I think it'll be a really good match. Osprey's got to win. Mike, since you cut out, did you have a pick? Oh, yeah, yeah. What I was going to say was that I love that. And he cut out again. That is just fan- – you can't you can't buy comic timing like that. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll move on to the next one. Um, CM Punk versus Samoa Joe for the real world championship. Um, I think that uh, Punk and Joe had great matches 19 years ago. I don't know what we're going to get here 19 years later with Punk and Joe. It'll be a cool moment. I'm glad Samoa Joe's on the card. He's a guy who deserves a big moment since he didn't get one at a mania. But uh, there's no way that uh, Punk's losing this, right, Dan? Yeah, I don't I don't know how I, I don't know how you have him lose this. You need to have him win this. But it's going to be interesting to see how if he's booed or cheered. It will be interesting to see, you know, what's going on. I think the UK crowd will cheer them because they'll be excited to see CM Punk. Well, that's true. I think that, yeah, I don't think they're going to give a shit about the weird politics of it. It's more just, hey, we get to see CM Punk and this will be fun. Um, 
curious. Here's, here's the here's the real question about this match. When they do the media scrum afterwards, will Punk be eating scones instead of muffins? We'll have to send Nick Hausman there and ask. <laughs> um all right. Uh there there's a House of Black versus Acclaimed and Billy Gunn match. Is anybody burning with desire to talk about that? I'm getting a head shake no from Mike and Dan I mean, is staring off into the abyss. Be, I mean it's gotta be the acclaimed for the story, right? Yeah, they, they can't if, if Billy Gunn loses again, it's gonna end with him like on the end of a rope. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um or sure. Or he gets his hand on a gun. Speaking of which, FTR versus the Young Bucks for the uh, Who Gives a Fuck tag titles. Um, it's it's weird because I would have said before last weekend this was going to be FTR winning, uh, but or the Bucks win by cheating. And I feel like you're still going to get the Bucks winning here, probably by cheating since they've been kind of shitty heel characters and they'll make good shitty heels going forward. Mike? Yeah, man, I think this is going to be a real banger. I think, uh, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I think that, dude, I'm still mad that we didn't get the we'll hear from FTR on collision thing, and it was just a fucking video. Um, I think the Bucks will win, and FTR will get phased out again. Yeah, I can see that. Dan? Um, yeah, I mean, I could, I could see what Mike said. All right. Uh, the the main event, MJF versus Adam Cole. The crowd will already be beyond exhausted by this point. But I I, uh, I know they have the, the pre-show match, which I think is a terrible idea. Just I think the match will be fun. I don't like that you're giving the crowd an MJF entrance and an Adam Cole entrance because there's no suspense in how the crowd's going to react in the main event. And like I said earlier on Dynamite or Dud, my fear is Roderick Strong in the kingdom turn on Adam Cole and join up with MJF and are just a leaden weight that sink down Max. But I can't see them taking the title off Max. Dan? I don't think they will. I think maybe you still end with Max being a babyface, though. I, w- I would I would have Max win and still have Adam somehow turn babyface on him. I mean, turn heel on him. I don't know how you do that, but that's that's the... If you if you're looking for the thing that's going to send the crowd away happy, that that's what sends the crowd away happy. Guys, did you did you see the breaking news? No, what? no. Um, it's pretty bad. Uh, oh, Bray shit. Wyatt passed away. What? What? Yeah, I, I'm Wait. not joking. Oh, Jesus Christ! It's well, all over the place. Mike, can we hear your QT Holy shit! Um. Ooh. Well, so we're we're finding this out as it just happened. Fucking uh, really shitty news. Yeah, Triple um, H. I, uh, I don't know any. Triple H tweeted out. Just received a call from Hall of Famer Mike Rotunda, who informed us of the tragic news that our WWE family member for life, Wyndham Rotundo, also known as Bray Wyatt, unexpectedly passed away earlier today. Our thoughts are with his family, and we ask that everyone respect his privacy at this time. Um, again, we're, we're finding this out live while we're recording this. So it's a little tough to, when we just eulogized, uh, Terry Funk earlier in this episode, but, um, 
it's it's shocking. We know that Bray was off WWE TV for a while because they said he was dealing with some sort of uh, sickness, illness. We didn't know exactly what it was. Um, I, just off the top of my head for, for for thoughts with it, as far as a a creative mind, as far as someone who was producing and putting something out there that was different and a unique presentation and trying to capture that kind of Undertaker style aura, uh, Bray Wyatt was excellent at at that. Uh, his first iteration of the Bray Wyatt character when it was uh, in NXT and first debuted with the the swamp and, and the rocking chair was really unique and really interesting. I think he's a guy who we never truly got to see the full potential of him as a, as a full fledged main eventer, um, but really talented. And the, and the few instances I had of interacting with him, incredibly nice guy, love the business could not be a more humble uh, person. This is this is genuinely uh, shocking news. I don't know if either of you guys have something you want to kind of add to that. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously we don't know the details. And, um, you know, and look, if something bad happened, we will do a Vince uh, uh, ECW day after Benoit. <laughs> oh, my God. I just thought of that. I know you did. Oh I, my I, God! I, Dan, Dan, that's There's the a tragedy to Chris I, Benoit. I, that's the power of autism, Dan. I have to say it. We all think it. <laughs> just uh, we put a Eddie murdered like a whole fucking like a deck and a Dick Sporting Goods or something, and it's just being like his his feud as the original Wyatt family was great. <laughs> uh, did, what happened to Mike? Uh, Mike, Mike froze in horror and fear over what you were talking about. Um, I'm, I'm here. I'm, am I here, guys? You're yeah, here. Yeah, you occasionally. occasionally well, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I, it's the hotel. I'm freezing. But um, let me. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a real bummer. This is a guy in the prime of his life, and um, you know, with kids like that, the humanity aspect of it is just fucking tragic on its own. Yeah. And I mean, one of the most committed to, I think one of the most creative wrestlers in the past, whatever many years, you know, the, the Firefly Funhouse shit was incredible character work. I love the Cena match at the, at, at 2020 mania. Oh, it was a blast. Um, yeah. Dude, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, look like we're, we're not going to, you know, did pick so much like, yeah, there are. He gave us some of the best wrestle crap moments in the past ten years, also. But yeah, the presentation of this guy of it, and how, but I love wrestle crap. Like, but how you know the lantern, the music, the fucking promos. The guy was an unbelievable talent, and I the think new music one of the amazing. best people on the roster. The new music was fucking amazing. Um, yeah, dude, this is like pretty shocking. Like, this is this uh, is really yeah. yeah. Uh guy who I mean, look, he's a guy who swung for the fences in terms of his character, thought about character development, worked on it, and we talked about it a lot with a lot of different wrestlers, had a gimmick and then wrestled with that gimmick. Like learned how like you watched his matches and you were like, This is still the same character. 
it wasn't here's a character and then when i start wrestling i can't temper my act uh and modify it and a yeah. guy a guy who was genuinely beloved in the back uh i i don't know of anyone who ever said a bad thing about him um you know sometimes you're you're dealt bizarre creative sometimes you you lean into it and try to make the most of of what you're given um but uh this is this is genuinely shocking uh and and really even uh, the tweet of just the the father reporting you know anytime a parent has like it's just it's a bummer man and like i i know that there's one person listening to this who's like but we still haven't heard their mjf cole thoughts but you know i i saw this and i thought that this was worth bringing up and yeah uh, i don't you don't guys don't i think that that needs that's probably the end of the show yeah, I don't. I don't think we're. Uh, you know, we're gonna be like, well, you know, there was that, and now let's talk about, uh, you know, the the Nakamura video from Raw. Uh, oh, and Scott's Scott's joining in, so I'm guessing Scott just saw the news as well. Um, we'll 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 see as he's uh, loading. Scott, did you just hear the news? Yeah, that's why I'm calling back. I just that's want to say that looks like a documentary about the fucking Delphi murders, right? Yeah, now. we were. Well, this, my no, goodness, this man. is just that one is of those things. Terrible news. Oh no. Yeah. So Crazy. damn, he was really struggling. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is so sad. Any, they don't have any like news of what happened, right? No, no ju- I mean, just uh, just that. You know, they reported that he passed away. Um, like I said, yeah, I know that they said before when he was out that he was dealing with something beyond just keeping him out of the ring, that at one point it was uh, a somewhat life-threatening situation. We don't know what, what the illness was um, or if that's the case here. It's kind of speculation because yeah. it's breaking news as we're recording this. Oh, uh, so but sad, still man. Devastating. And, you know, relatively young guy. Um yeah, really for sure. Thirty-six. Story. Yeah, pretty fucking six, dude. Jeez. Wow. Oh God, yeah. man. Come on. So that's uh, bummer. That is that is. So tough. Scott, what are your what were your high spots this week? Jeez. That's what happens. <laughs> you a show with fucking comedians. They have to process their own special way. It's fine. Um, oh man, 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 man. This is wow. Rough. That is uh oh. Uh, well, damn, not fun. No, um, but uh, yeah, that's all I'm seeing all over, uh, all over social media, all over Twitter yeah. or X, whatever. I it's gotta go, now. but yeah, it's a shame. Uh, yeah, rest in peace, right, Wyndham then... Rotunda. Right, that's his name. What a what a beautiful yeah. name. Yes. All yeah. right. Well, all right, rest we're gonna. I think we're gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna cut this off uh, here, and we'll we'll wrap up the yeah, show. I mean, this is like. Uh, I mean, he's really. Yeah. You know, you talk about a guy who should not be fucking dead. As no. far as, I mean, it's like we, you know, we we went through, you know, talk about Terry Funk this reverentially, and then now it just feels like this Bray thing is just like devastating. It's like, uh, I don't know, man. It's kind of like our fucking. This is like our Princess Diana in the wrestling world, you know, as far as just being like, this is crazy, man. This is like out well, of nowhere. It's, it's crazy. Well, at it's least like for we this were... year, Dan. At least for this year. Yeah. Yeah, well, sure. we say that, but it's like we when we talked about Terry Funk, it's, you know, you're, you're talking about a guy who had a unique perspective in promos and, yeah. and gave his heart to it. And then Bray Wyatt's another guy who fits that mold, who would have been a, a, in that Terry Funk mold while also leaning into the, the stereotypical. I mean, this guy overcame 
being Husky Harris in NXT, which was one of the yeah. worst gimmicks ever, and reinvented himself. No, they made him. They did that fucking weird segment where like Punk whipped him and shit. Like it was real weird. It was real, real weird. Like what he's what he's accomplished is amazing, dude. If you want to talk about somebody who really got fucked by Goldberg, sorry, Brett, Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt got fucked by Goldberg, dude. Yeah, but he also. But then got, he bounced back with that match. Is having that, but. Think of all the weird shit he got on TV. Like, he got that Vince McMahon puppet on TV. Oh, yeah. That's a special degree of, like, you have to have a a great, funny, twisted mind. And then they let them do that whole Firefly Funhouse That that Cena match was great. That that, The match they had. And you know what? His match, his other match with Cena was really good. The the Wyatt family matches with the Shield were great. Yeah, dude. It was was amazing. You know, you're just thinking about there being only one person left in the Y is that's fucking sad. Well, no, there's two Braun and uh, Eric. uh, What's his face? Uh, Rowan. I don't I never count Braun. Like to me, it's the three guys. Braun is like later to me. Okay, I mean, that's fair. I I, it is tough. I, I honestly only thought of the three and then just scrolled through Twitter and saw a picture of the four of them. Um, But wow, this is. uh very Wyatt, man. This is crazy. Um, all right, we're gonna uh, we're gonna wrap this thing up here. Uh, thank you guys so much. Yeah, uh, bro. Quick... Just uh, very condolences out to Bray Wyatt and his fucking family and all that shit. Jesus Christ. Eloquently put, Dan. Um, but uh, no, this is uh, th- this is tough. So we'll 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 wrap this up here. And uh, since Zach is is still traveling, I'll be uploading this again without any of the hoopla at the beginning or the end. So uh, on behalf of everybody here, wash your hands.